What's up, everyone? Today we have the mighty, mighty Jimmy Callahan from Ill Repute, original bass player and all-around awesome dude. If you want to support the pod, please like, rate, review, um, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please consider becoming a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash 185milesouth. You can donate a small monthly amount that helps out the podcast immensely. Um, you can also go to paypal.me slash 185milesouth and donate that way. Uh, thank you for all the ongoing support. It is much appreciated. And uh, let's go on to with today's episode. Jimmy Callahan, Ill Repute. Hundred eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. Yeah, today we got Jimmy Callahan, bass player of Ill Repute. Hello, hello. Hey, so I'm pretty excited. Now, I, I will have done all the original Ill Repute members now. What do you mean by done? Well, re- interviewed everyone on the oh, pod. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I haven't done any of you guys. Well, so. I don't know. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you never know what the kids are talking about these days. That's right. That's right. Um, no, but it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, and now I just got to, well, we're going to call Chuck tomorrow night. Oh, okay. And then I got to get Lipkey and I got to get Josiah. So, Nashaya. Nashaya. Where is Nashaya? I don't know. Isn't he still in Santa Barbara? Did he move? Well, he was in Carpinteria. Okay, and then yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't. And then what about Leapkey? I have no idea. Is he is he still is he they still have him locked up or they let him out? Did he go to jail? Oh, what? Oh, what? He went to jail? Who? What? Who said what? I thought it was just the mental institution. <laughs> oh, not that really. Guy. Yeah, they're, they're gonna shut down Seasucky and turn it back into a mental <laughs> mental spot just for Leapkey. But uh, no, and then I can finally check off a, a whole band. That'll uh, feel good. So, but a whole uh, band, all all fifteen of them. <laughs> Hey, it was a good bunch. So let's start with uh, how did you meet all the guys from the band? You all went to Whitey High. Yeah, well, John I met first when I first moved here. Uh, I moved on the Navy base in Port Whitey And you were how old? I was 12. Okay. It was the summer of 1974. And John lived across the street from me. And so he, him and his – I hung out more with his older brother. John was – a year younger, but it seemed like he was a lot younger. Sure. Somehow, you know, at just that transitional stage. I think we, totally. were, we were starting to get a little hair on our on our <laughs> balls and stuff, and I don't think he did for another four or five years after that. But. That's like Ryan Fredette. He hit puberty like when he was 16. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> so. But yeah, so I met John and um, used to hang around with his brother Mike mostly, and then went to EO Green, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Tony. He was sat next to me in, my, in our algebra class. Okay. And, um, so we, you know, just Tony, we kind of knew each other and John, we would, he would, you know, when he, when we got into, he got into seventh grade, so we'd walk to school together. We'd ride our unicycles to school sometimes, <laughs> okay. too, me and John, we had a little thing. He would, uh, he was so small. Like you say, he didn't reach puberty till he was 16. So we, we all had unicycles and, uh, I used to be able to put him on my shoulders and ride to, and we'd both <laughs> be juggling. Ride? Holy not, shit! Not not riding, not just junior high like that, but just around the <laughs> around the neighborhood. But we would we would uh, ride our unicycles to school, and people would throw stuff at us. Well, like, that would be one way to have the essays not mess with you. Right, you just go, think go, you're hey. psycho. Right? Who are those it's guys? Only got on one the, tire. <laughs> and who are the guys on the unicycle juggling? <laughs> Don't fuck with them. But uh, so then, didn't meet Carl till high school. Went to Wayne High, uh-huh. and then Carl and Tony, and then there's a whole group of us that all just ended up being friends, and then John. Came you know the next year and and we just all we're all high school buddies. Yeah, and outside of music, uh, Carl was saying that you two were into sports a lot. Yeah, I played football, mm-hmm. and he, Carl was on the football team, and you know he liked baseball. And I don't know how long he actually played, but I know he played a couple years at high school and um, played football all four. And so yeah, we we I met him in there as well. Are you still a sports fan? No, there's no teams that you follow or anything. Well, right? I like I like. So I like I like the women's soccer. Okay. I like watching that, and I like watching um, some women's golf too. Okay. I've been noticing. I've been watching some of that lately. Yeah. Sometimes I enjoy women's softball. It's and so women's softball. Well, it's so fundamental, right? Right, like, right. I, I just I like it. 
But uh, but I'm not really much of a sports guy. I, I like the competition every once in a while, but I don't have a team. And I you know I'm glad my kids didn't want to play football. Yeah, you know because I well now with all the CTE stuff. I mean, right? Even even back then. Well, yeah, but my, now my, we know about it. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of knew. It. I felt it, and maybe not sure. so much in my head, but the the rest of my body. Sure. But uh, yeah, and, you know, you could just tell banging your head. You know, a million miles an hour, yeah. day after day after day, can't be a good thing. You're like, oh, this is unsafe. I need to get in a 1980s punk rock. That's exactly. I need to get in a pit. <laughs> Use all this, uh, all this, all this knowledge I've gained from uh, yeah. from football. Yeah. So, what year do you guys graduate high school? 1980. Okay. Me, John. I'm sorry. Me, Tony, and Carl. Okay. And then John. John was the class of 1981. I'm not going to say he graduated. Yeah, and then he spends, <laughs> but then he spends all of 81 in San Diego. So you're not a band yet. No, we're not a band. We were getting into punk rock. I remember it was, uh, it was probably the summer of 1980, somewhere around there, where where uh, John had these records, mm-hmm. and and we were at our friend Eric Edisvall's house, and he's like, "Hey, check this out." You guys, I think he had like Sex Pistols and the Dickies uh, Yellow record. Mm-hmm. And we were all, what the hell is this? Oh, my God. Did anything stand out to you more than others? Or it was just all awesome and new? It was all this. It was all new. It was just yeah. all. Cause it all kind of sounded the same. Because sure. you never heard just, just held out bar chords, just strumming bar chords. You know, it's like, what? what is this? Yeah. You know, and then you hear the vocals. And it was just kind of like, it's like, oh, my God. I, I've you know, never even imagined anything like this. Because we were, you know, we were listening to Boston. and Sure. Foreigner, 70s rock, 70s rock. That, that's what that was what the cool kids did, yeah. our, at least at our high school or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, so then you know, but it's kind of like, ah, you know, you listen to it, but it's kind of you don't, you know, you can never imagine yourself really being part of it, of course not, or whatever. So, and then all of a sudden, you hear this and you're going, wow, this is like people like us doing doing this and you know why don't you know let's go check this out see what it's all about yeah so you start going to shows as friends before you're a band yes okay yeah, yeah. started going to shows and uh it, you know it was, i think it was the first one was like me tony john eric edisfald maybe one or two other guys and then just we'd meet more people and more people started getting into the scene and then we just all like pile in the back and tony's el camino and yeah head down or whatever would you, you'd ride in the back of the el camino to oh, la yeah. Tell yeah. A, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Is there shows here at all? Like, do the Rodders play locally? Not, no, they weren't. I don't. I think they were already broken up and everything by oh. then. They weren't even. Yeah, because they just did the two seven inches. Yeah. And that was a wrap, right? Yeah. So it was 78, 79, right. and maybe they're and then done. Th- they were all, you know, all off to college or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was, they did then. And uh, the, yeah, we just we John introduced us to punk rock. He had mm-hmm. his friend Tom Niemeyer. Um, he's in the accused. Mm-hmm. He was from Oxnard. He moved up there, but he, him and he knew John from the beach or John knew him from the beach and he let John borrow the records and he brought him over to us. We we're like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there any of the early shows that stand out to you? Early shows. Oh God. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> okay. One early show I remember was, I'm pretty sure it was X at the Starwood. Okay. And, uh, you know, the pits were crazy then. I mean, it was just, it was no, there was, it was mayhem. I mean, it was, you had to really protect yourself and be aware or whatever. There was no circle. It was just every direction. Yeah. So, you know, just, I was watching and all of a sudden I see everyone like on the ground or looking on the ground and I walk over to see what they're, and it's fucking John Fano's laying passed out on the <laughs> ground. I'm like, oh my God. So I pick him up and pull him out. Apparently he had stage dived and caught someone's shoulders and uh, slammed his head on the, yeah. on the ground. So I do remember that. How many and, people do you think the Star Wars holds? If I could, I'd say a couple hundred, maybe okay. 150. Yeah, and this is packed. It's it's usually packed because yeah. it was like Tuesday night was punker night, and it would oh. they had the disco with Rodney on on one part of the in the bar part, okay. and then they had a little room with the stage and everything for the punk bands. Oh, so cool! It was, it was yeah, it was. I mean, you know, we had no idea what we were what we were witnessing. Yeah, we were just from Port Wainimi, you know, Wainimi yeah. High School, and then next thing you know, here we are in the big city, going, holy fuck, what's <laughs> all this going on? Yeah. Do you and Tony start like working on songs together before you get Carl, or be- while uh, yes. John is still away? Yeah, you just before start- we got Carl. I remember when we first did it. Uh, Tony wrote a song, and I'm pretty sure it was "I Won't Kill for You." Okay, and so I was originally going to sing, and Tony was going to play guitar, mm-hmm. and then we didn't know the rest of the band yet. 
But uh, I remember Tony would like come over to my house with his little little probably fifteen watt combo amp. Yeah. And we'd plug the the guitar in one jack and the microphone in the other jack yeah. out of the same amp, yeah. and just you know just do we do two or three songs you know whatever and then we we still did that in the year two thousand so don't feel bad oh yeah see, I, mean, you know, <laughs> I like it like that I really do yeah. I mean I, I, not maybe not like that but I like DIY just whatever whatever you gotta you, you gotta make it work with what you have right? yeah, it's, yeah it's amazing and, it, and and you know and. Just for me personally, and and I think that might be why this has stuck with me, though, but I was never into the quality. I mean, you probably could tell, of course, but our our thing wasn't really about, you know, how good we were or, or anything like that. It was more of the event mm-hmm. of, of playing live. And, yeah, and the energy. The energy and stuff. It wasn't so much about, you know, we, let's be the, the, the best musicians we can be. But the songs do end up being pretty well thought out by yeah. the LP. I mean, yeah. you, you wrote Boogie this cover, so right. you can't say you don't care about writing a perfect song. There's no bridge. <laughs> yeah, so, so that one didn't need it. Huh? That one didn't need well, a bridge. Which what, what one of our songs do need a bridge? <laughs> yeah. Which well, one of our songs has a bridge? Well, I mean, that's what makes the piece so interesting, like the writing. Because we didn't know what a bridge was. Well, not you, you can just go with where the song takes you. There's no, like, nailed-down formula. Well, it was pretty much... YOLO. Huh? <laughs> the YOLO formula. Yeah, you only have once. Just lay it out there. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, yeah. chorus, verse. Yeah. So talk about uh, getting uh, John and Carl in the band. So I can't remember if, if Carl was first or John, but for Carl, he always played with his brother in, you know, like a rock and roll cover band. He was already like a drummer musician he guy. Was all, you're right. He was already a drummer musician guy. He could play. And, you know, there's, I think it's still true now, there's not that many drummers. There's more of everything. But if you're a drummer in town here, I think you're in like five bands just because you have to be. You're yeah, like, but old Narco seems like there's so many drummers floating around. That, you know, they just never stay in the band the whole time, uh, except for Carl. True. But, we, but see, we didn't know any of those guys. Right? Uh, sure. So, we, you know, we just knew who we knew. Sure. And, so, and we knew Carl would practice with his brother uh, quite a bit in their garage. So, you know, we, we begged him, hey... Can we come over and, and we'll just, we'll play. When you guys are done, whenever you guys are done, we don't want to, you know, just, we'll play. And you can just bang on the drums so we can hear what it sounds like with a, with drums. Yeah. And he finally said, okay. And uh, so he started playing drums. Yeah, because we had to beg him. He didn't want to do it. He's like, yeah, I don't like this. You know, this is, yeah. I don't like the way this is. But anyways, so then, and then John was going to come play bass. He hadn't moved to San Diego. He was living down in Coronado. And he came back up and pretended like he couldn't play bass, so he could be the singer. And so then I had to play bass, and then John was the singer, like it should have been, you know, forever, anyways. But um, yeah, so then that was the band, and and we kind of like we kind of like told ourselves with the band, it wasn't like I was thinking about this. Why did we form the band and stuff? And it wasn't it wasn't really more to make music or be rock stars. I know it wasn't that. It was more like to to express our our part in the struggle. Yeah. It's like, you know, we were, we were like part of the struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just a way to just say F you to society and all that, you know, because yeah. it deserved it at the time. Yeah. Well, how do you think the band would have been differently if, if you sang and John played bass? Oh, we probably would have broke up after about six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a different take on it. But all you guys contribute to, like, lyrics and so forth, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. As it goes on. I wonder if it would have been a little less happy. Do you think you would have been? Well, see, are, you, are you more void side or faith side? See, um, John didn't write a whole lot of the of the lyrics of, yeah. for the early stuff. It was mostly Tony. Okay. So <clears throat> the lyrics would have probably been the same because that's all. That's that's all mostly Tony. But uh, yeah, I don't know what it would have been like. Who knows? Yeah. Who who, who knows? And the early stuff, there's a lot of it. I know. Yes, yes. I was listening to today. How we went to Goldmine and we had like, hey, what do you guys? What song do you want? You guys want to do? And we go, okay, here they are. And I just had a scroll. They rolled out a, a yeah. copper scroll with all the songs on there. Yeah, I mean it's pretty prolific. You guys lay down like twenty but, songs. I mean that was just because that's just what we did though. We would we would you know if we had jobs, you'd work during the day, mm-hmm. and then at night you'd go to Carl's house and and uh, and write a song. Yeah. You know, and and then we had a big like refrigerator box 
cardboard. Mm-hmm. And so the first song, I'm pretty sure, is I Won't Kill For You. Yeah. And then Death Row. Yeah. And then we just added songs every time. And every day we'd go play every song. Yeah. So, you know, this time today we play 10 songs. And now tomorrow, oh, we got 11 songs. The next day, now we got 12 songs. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point, we were playing 40 songs. I know, by 82, you got yeah. 40 songs. <laughs> we, we played every single one of them that was on that piece. <laughs> I wish we still had that piece of cardboard. I know. That would it's, be awesome. It's in, it's in one or two pictures. There's some picture, I think, with John with an army helmet. Okay. And, and it's in there? It's in the background. Yeah. yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to dig, yeah. find it. Um, that's so cool. So what do you remember about recording? At the, Goldmine? Yeah, the demos. Uh, just remember... A whirlwind, you know. I remember the guy, the guy just being very confused about what was going on. Yeah, did he stay know? and listen the whole time, or did he just leave? Well, I think he had to kind of listen. Yeah. I think, and I think that's what why it was so irritating for him. Yeah, you know. But uh, I think he did. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly. But I do remember. You know, we just we didn't know what we didn't know. We yeah. had no idea how you did anything. We just wanted to make a demo. We have we have 40 songs on our piece of cardboard that we brought down there to play every single song that was yeah. on there. You know, and uh, so we just said we want to do all these songs, and I don't really remember a whole lot. I just remember being there a long time, and, and I mean, you know. You we, think it was two days? I think it was all in one day. Holy cow. Yeah, I think it was eight hour. I think we had an eight-hour session. So we had, you know, we recorded everything in about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then hung out and drank beer. Yeah, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't, it did take a long time because the guy, you know, he, we were out of tune. I'm sure, and then, you know, the guy had never heard anything like that before. Yeah, 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 this is amateur hour. Sorry, bud. My fault. Yours will be fine. This is not because this was hooked up through the Bluetooth. Oh. <laughs> so blame me. But, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's start from the beginning. I know. Let's start over. So were you, like, that must have been so fun having that many of your own songs like recorded did you just listen to them all the time i think so I, yeah but you know it was yeah just couldn't we didn't know if they were good or not good or you know like we, i remember asking the guy at the studio is this is this good yeah and he's all he's all <laughs> it's different yeah i think that's what he said <laughs> he was nice yeah but it i mean it is good like for your first stab at doing stuff i mean you guys just sound really well practiced, right? Because you practice all the time. We practiced all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all like, we did. We'd go practice till you know, from like five till seven, whatever. And when the sun went down, then it was like, okay, you know, who's has the party tonight, or yeah, you know, who's got the beer money tonight? Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like you guys practice so much, and and it's good. There's a reason why it's like it's almost always impressed, right? The Grand Theft Auto guys did it in the '90s, and then right. Igby just did it again. Yeah, I don't mean, yeah, we we had no idea. We weren't, we didn't, you know. <laughs> so then after that, you uh, you get picked up by Rodney, and he plays a song on the radio, right? And what did that feel like to you? Um, felt weird. Yeah, because mostly because it was that song. Sure, and. And you know we were we were doing we were pretty much landing no toilets then and then you know you're writing the landing no toilets when that song starts going right yeah. right and we, I think we already had some of the landing no toilets song that song was just a fluke song out of the you know it's off the charts on on our if, if, if our, all our stuff was on the graph that'd be like well but you yeah know, and but it was a good song yeah great and song. Uh, and Rodney liked it and so we he asked us to be on the record and, um, and so you go re-record it. We went to re-record it in tune this time, <laughs> I think. And no, no. Yeah, we had to have someone else do that. But I remember going down there, and uh, you know, we had no idea, Zach. We're just some kids, and you know, we didn't know what we were doing. That we didn't know what position we were actually in sure. when, we, when we were in that in it. You know. Yeah. So so we go down there, and and what studio is that? I don't remember. It's in L.A. or Hollywood, yeah, it, Right, right. And you're going in to do a single song. One single song for Rodney's so, record. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and but, you know, but we're not going to take no shit, dude, because yeah. we're, we're punk rock now, and fuck <laughs> everybody, and fuck you, and, yeah. and, and uh, so, we, so we go down there with, you know, we had our, attitude, our Oxnard attitudes, because we were like, you know, 20 years old, 19, sure. 19, 20, and, uh. Just starting out in punk rock and saying fuck you to, you know, the normal music business. Yeah. And whatever. That's what we felt we were doing. So, and then when we got down there, and we, 
we'd only been playing not even a year, yeah. I don't think, when we, when we recorded that song. So I remember I went down there, and my bass, I only had two strings on my bass. I had the E string and the A string. Because uh-huh. I only played the E string. Yeah. You know, so I didn't need the other ones that broke and bass strings were like 25 bucks. Yeah. Who had 25 bucks, yeah. you know, back then? Yeah. Even now. Yeah. But uh, so I, sh- I show up and then I open my case up and they go, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I go, what? 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 They go, where's, all, where's the rest of your strings? I go, well, I don't need them. Like, I'm not in a funk band, dude. Yeah, I go, I don't need them. And they, they were like, oh, they were just, they were disgusted. <laughs> it was so, it was like, it was so funny. And then, and then I, I think we brought Brandon down with us, and so Brandon was going to be uh, our uh, our manager guy or whatever. So yeah. he was going to he was going to um, work out the contract. Yeah. So uh, so that that went well. Get now, ten free records instead of five. Yeah. No, it, it didn't. It didn't go well at all. They were like, "What? What do you think you are? Some kind of lawyer?" And uh, I, you know, Rodney just. I mean, I'm sorry, Robbie Fields just did post. He's been very nice to us recently, or always has been, actually. But the Clean Cut American Kid's been doing very well, and he was and he posted that we were the only band that hasn't talked shit about him oh. over the years and whatever. And um, thank God there was no internet back then. <laughs> so, but um, so I'm going to just say a couple things. I'm not trying to talk trash. This is just exactly how it was and how we felt at the time, and not the yeah. same we're right or they're right. But so we go there, and they were disgusted by my two strings on the bass. They were disgusted that we brought someone to try and negotiate the contract yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever it was. Just someone to look out for you. Huh? Yeah, someone to look out for yeah, you. But they, yeah, but they didn't appreciate it. Yeah. And then so, uh, so while I think while, while Brandon was negotiating with whoever he was, we were sitting out in the lobby, and they had Playboys on the, on the coffee table there. So mm-hmm. we're sitting back, and Tony whipped open the Playboy, and he's, like, looking at the centerfold. And then uh, Robbie comes peeking in. He's all, "You guys are so so amateurish. Put that magazine down. What do you think you're doing? You know, and we're, we're like looking at each other. You going, have it, dude. Yeah, it's on. It's right here on the thing. It's like your magazine. Yeah, yeah. What the hell's going? But they, you know, so we were just going. And so they were. They were like, you know, they were. They didn't like us. Yeah, they really did not like us. And, uh, well, that's how sophisticated they are. They they have a Playboy subscription and only read the article. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very highbrow. But I remember, and I remember, do I do remember hearing the engineer saying, "Yeah, at one point he he turned over to uh, turned turned around to the guy, one of the posh boys, one, the other musicians that was there, that kind of liaison, mm-hmm. and told him, I thought Rodney said we're only going to have good punk rock on this record.' <laughs> oh, <shit>. I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, oh man. But so we, you know, if we if we had any kind of smarts or strategy mm-hmm. for being in the music business or whatever that was i mean that you can't have a, a better first step than that sure and we didn't care yeah we wanted to go we didn't want to do clean cut american kid that's for the that's for the guys that don't let us read playboys they, yeah you know they do that stuff we want to go do our uh well you make a very hard right turn and do land no toilets but, which see, is- but it was it was not really a right turn because you're already going that way but sonically it's it was already brutal. there Okay. So, okay. That. Okay. Yeah. As far as as far as like the, the quality, guitar tone. Yeah. The guitar tone is gnarly. Well, that's because Posh Boys was they were a little bit more of a professional studio, and sure. plus it was Rodney's record, so they sure. want to make everything sound good. And Mystic, they just pretty much let us have control, <laughs> which which is their first mistake. Yeah. No, but you know, so we we had no idea how to make a guitar sound or yeah or you know what's a good guitar sound, and they were just kind of letting us do what we wanted to do. Which is what we wanted to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty rough. It's very raw. Yeah, <laughs> it's very raw. And we we've already gone in plenty on the uh, the Folgers can story. Oh right, right. Yeah. Which is very classic. Was that the whole record or just a couple songs? I forget. That you know, Carl remembers everything, and he can't really remember. Mm-hmm. He thinks it was just a couple songs, which is which is crazy because you can't really tell a difference. Well, seen the whole record. Yeah, have you listened to the record? Well, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> the, the kick drum's pretty buried the, anyway. Right, right. But yeah, so you put out the 7-inch, and do you have a bunch of copies? Like, is it getting out there? Or people so what, like, what we did is... Are is, people catching on to those songs, like, as much as they were to clean cut? No, I would say no. And, I, you know, we don't really know how people really were catching on to clean cut, because... That was on the Rodney on the Rock record, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how many of the 
kind of people we were hanging around with had the Rodney on the Rock record. Well, what type of people was that marketed to then? Like I, college rock or yeah, something? Well, no, it was, it was for punk rockers, but it was more of a, like you said, a sophisticated audience because it had like a new wave on one side. Yeah, that's right. And that's then right. it had the punk rock on the other side. Mm. So it was, it was you know. People just dipping their toes. People bit. just dipping their toes. Yeah. And, and it was what Rodney played. Rodney played a, a eclectic, you know, music on his show. So that was kind of what it represented. But it was kind of like that, a new wave on one side and a, and then the punk rock on the other. Yeah. So to go back, you said you brought Brandon with you. What, do you remember meeting like those guys, the Dr. No guys or the Aggression guys or well, the I remember, Star guys? I remember when I met, I remember meeting Mark Hickey. Okay. And I was, I was at the Starwood. And I was pissing in the urinal, and he's all, "Dude, you're pissing on my band." And I was all, "What?" He's all, "That's my band right there." And I go, "There's an aggression sticker on uh, the urinal." And I go, yeah. "Oh, you're an aggression? Yeah. I go, oh, you must be Mark, you know." And then because we knew who those guys were, they were older, yeah. and we we kind of like independently found punk rock, mm-hmm. and we're going to shows in L.A. and all that before we even really met um, the other people in the nardcore scene. Yeah, so. Uh, but so I remember that's when I met Mark, and then like Eastmile. I remember the first time I saw Eastmile, I was at Ventura College in line waiting to register for classes, mm-hmm. and he was standing in there with his with his two brothers, and he had like a weird mohawk, and he would wear his green army jacket, and I was looking, I go, oh, those guys are punk rock, wow, check those guys out. Yeah. Like, they were kind of scary to me and stuff like that. Yeah. But then uh, when I met Eastmile later, I go, oh, you're the guy I saw at Ventura College, or whatever. But we, so I remember one way we really met a lot of people was I worked at this place, uh, El Taco de Mexico in Ventura. Now it's called Evita's. Okay. And there was a girl that worked there, Gina Salcedo. And um, she, so we started talking and she's like, oh, I go to punk rock. My friends all go to punk rock and stuff. And she's like, oh, I know those guys and these guys. She goes, why don't you come over to uh, Art and Joey's house this weekend? Mm-hmm. And they were, they lived on Pierpont. Joey was, um, Singer for Doctor No, and then Art was just one of the original punk rock guys in the area. Yeah, and uh, so we went to Art. I went to Art and Joey's house with her, and I met like uh, Becca and the Scalones. They would call them Eastmile and Jaime and them. Mm-hmm. And then I would bring Tony and John and our crew all over. And then just every you know it all all became a came a thing. Cool. And were there not like. Real shows going on in, in Oxnard yet? It was no. mostly like house parties? Or? It was house parties. And I think one, one show, I mean, because there was only like 12 of us. Sure. You know what I mean? There was, it really was basically the people in the bands and then maybe their girlfriends and mm-hmm. a couple, you know, a couple other guys. But uh, what was the question? Uh, just how you met everyone. Oh. And I think you answered. Oh, okay. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so are you... Do you remember like when a club starts popping up in Oxnard or when you're able to like play legit shows here? Or are you just always going to LA and playing? Pretty much going to LA and Santa Barbara. Okay. Cause, uh, so Santa Barbara has Casa de la Raza? Or no, what? it was uh, Galita Valley. Okay. So there was, there were shows going on up there. Maybe like Rock Pile Records would have some kind of band play okay. there every once in a while. Okay. And was, so there was nothing really here. The first show here was... That the Port Wayne Community Center show. Okay, and that was well, that was nineteen eighty two, right? Okay. Yeah, so I was two. You were two. <laughs> yeah. You were born at least. <laughs> so that was nineteen eighty two. That was my birthday, nineteen eighty two. Awesome, That's right? Twenty years old that day. But uh, and then even after that, there wasn't really many shows until probably eighty four. And then the Community Center would ha- was having shows. And okay, Casa Tropical. Okay, and then. Eddie was having shows. Not, well, Eddie wasn't until later. So that the Wyoming show that you're talking about, how many people were there, do you think? There may have been 100 people. Okay. May have been 100 people. And I think, you know, probably 60 of them were, were from here. Okay. May, I, That's pretty positive. That's really early. I think, I think I'm, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was only 50. Sure. Seemed like 100. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. It was a good. It was a. It was a, a decent crowd. You know, it was a bunch of people from LA came up. You know, and and it was. We had a good time. Cool. So before and after the first seven inch, the land in the toilets. Do you see like a jump in your popularity? Well, like in playing the LA shows, are people just 
familiarizing themselves more? Or do you feel like you're getting fans? Uh, yeah, some kind of fans. We were never, we were never like, we were never upper echelon, sure, or or top tier, or even, you know, we, we were pretty, we were pretty mediocre as far as that. I, I mean, as far as how, as far how, as reception, as far as reception, sure. I mean, some 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 guys, some places was really super positive. Other places was like, eh. yeah. But uh, yeah, we did good. We were, and that's not, you know, we didn't. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, I'll say honestly, I wasn't. You know, as well, that's far, like Gloria playing bass. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky you're not the singer. <laughs> so, but you know, then just, it really matters. Yeah, wouldn't really, didn't really. I mean, you know, we, of course it was cool. We we're selling records and people were coming to see us, but it was just yeah. like that's what. So we're, all of our friends were doing the same thing. True. You know, Doctor No was doing. That's what they were doing. Stalag. So that's just what that's just what we did. It wasn't like it was you know anything. But eighty three is still early. Everyone's doing it by eighty four, so you're a little early, right? Uh, yeah. Do you remember your first time going out of town, like further than Santa Barbara or LA? Mm, I think we went to San Francisco. Okay, was was probably right after landing no toilets. Okay, and mm-hmm. we we played uh, we played the Mabuhe. Okay, and can't remember where else we. Played. And that's in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever play Gilman? We played Gilman. That was yeah years later, or like, you know, that was when was Gilman? Late eighties, maybe nineties. Did we play there? Okay. Oh, I think maybe we played there in the nineties. Okay, early nineties, but not in the eighties. I can't remember. That's perfectly fine. I don't expect <laughs> anyone to remember anything. It's not on your list here, so I only put down the discography. Um, so, do you remember the writing process for? Like attacking to do an LP, being different than, like obviously the demo you were just writing songs, you're brand new, just having fun, new song, new song, new song, seven inch. I'm assuming you got to go in and you got to write a chunk of songs, right, to do for the or no, those are just your next your next eight songs. Exactly is what happens I next. Swear to God, and this what happens next is probably the best out of our next. 12 songs. Okay. Something like that. So you don't go in trying to write a cohesive record. You're no. Just, you're just writing more material. Writing more material. And choosing the best stuff and putting it on. But yeah, right. Yeah. But it's so, for being like a fast hardcore record, it is pretty, it's eclectic, right? You have like fast blasts of speed and then you walk, there's slow parts like kind of in a dark style and so forth. And I think you kind you of know, curate like a, you curate a nice record. No thanks. But I think a lot of that was just that you know when when we started going to see bands and stuff, it's like wow, I really like the songs that you know are like this or whatever. So you just kind of try to make that same feel. Yeah. But, Did you you wrote book in this cover? I wrote the the music for book in this cover. And who wrote the lyrics? Tony. Tony wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Well, you wrote all the music. Wrote That's all the sick. music. Thanks. Is that just? Jam in your room, like the yeah, yeah, just fucking around, ding, going home, ding, yeah, ding, ding. yeah, just started doing that because I go, okay, all of these, all of these can use the high E, yeah, with all the, it all fits with these, so I'll just leave that on, you know what I mean? And yeah, just started messing and kind of a TSOL ish. They were doing a lot of that picking. That's what I was wondering. Slows. They're- we always liked the song. I mean, for me personally, and I think most of the other guys in the bands, the best songs that I that was the ones that were start out kind of slow. Sure. And kind of start telling the story, and then all of a sudden it builds up, and now you're just in a, you know, a bunch of mayhem. And yeah. Then well, you guys do a good job with that, so right? That, on the seven inch with Sleepwalking. Right, right. So, here with Bookings Cover. And, right. So, that's the kind of songs that when we were at shows in the pit, that's the kind of songs we like to, to slam to. Yeah. You know, slow and then fast, and then slow and then fast. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate being Single with California by Youth Reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ultimate slow to fast. Right. Um, you do your first U.S. tour after what happens next? Uh, well, you make it all the way to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you remember? So first off, Carl doesn't go. So you have Scott Rudinsky come and play yes, drums? Scott Rudinsky played drums. I think yeah, we had like two weeks of practice with him. Yeah, so how did that, <clears> how did that work? You just you know the Scared Straight guys already? Yeah, yeah we already knew Scott. and and uh, Well, we knew all of them. Okay. It was a real small scene. Those guys were like the next, the newer, the younger guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just knew him, and, and Scott. We knew Scott played drums, and Carl couldn't make it, and so well, you know, Scott wanted. Scott said, "Yeah, sure, I'll play." Yeah, so he, so the other drummer wouldn't have to do double duty of playing drums, right? Yeah, and how that how did that, that was Walsby was the other drummer. That's right. Yeah, yeah Walsby. Um, yeah, he and 
I'm going to get him on here too. Good. It'll be good. Um, but yeah, so what do you remember about practicing with Radinsky? Like, what was that like? He, he was able to listen to stuff because the records were out, right? Right, right. So, so he practiced pr- at home? He, yeah, he would practice at home. So I don't think we really practiced maybe five times. Okay. I think it was at his house. But and Carl has such a weird style that it, would, it seems like it would be strange to emulate. And I, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah. You know, because uh, Carl does have a unique style. And, and I've noticed playing our songs with other drummers, it's it's never, it's not, this, you know, it's not like the way Carl is. It's, yeah. And I think, you know, see, a lot of that is when we started making music is we had no preconceived notions of how a song goes or how music, what notes you're supposed to hit after this note or whatever, you know. A lot of times Tony would say, okay, I'm going to write a song, I'm going to follow the dots. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But uh, so I think a lot of our... A lot of the stuff we came up with, we we didn't. I never knew how to play other bands' music. The first music I ever learned how to play was Ill Repute songs. Yeah, you know. So, and so I think a lot of that just having that that freshness or no no contamination somehow, you know, outside. I'm gonna say contamination, but I never really, I never wanted to learn how to play. Yeah, I never wanted to be a musician. Sure, it was just more wanted to you know be in a punk rock band. Yeah, and you're obviously big fans of the music. But you're not trying to emulate anyone. And and see the thing the thing that I that I'm starting to realize with punk rock, trying to I think I can um, put it in words a little bit is that see back then we were all part of the struggle. Mm-hmm. The bands were the audience, and the audience were the bands. Sure. So it was all it was all one big thing. No, I remember like um, John Macias from Circle One. He used to yell at people. He'd play their song and people would start clapping. He'd say, "Don't clap for us, because we're the same as you. You stop clapping for us." Yeah. And he, so he couldn't clap for Circle One. Yeah, you know, because he didn't want he didn't want you to clap for him because we're all the same. Yeah, and so that's the way we kind of would would look at the whole the whole thing. The audience is is with us, and we're with we're all just one big one big you know yeah one big group against whoever. Yeah, well, against society, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's rad. So. And was, you know like, what 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 uh, got me thinking that was you know Cola Boy yeah so I went to his show a oh few I weeks wanted ago. to come up it's it's so hard for me to come uh, up yeah. so, San Diego to here is terrible so so you know I knew Cola Boy I didn't know who I didn't know he was Cola Boy yeah but I knew Matthew he'd come to our shows and stuff you yeah know? and then someone was saying something about Cola Boy and I look up and go well, I know him yeah but uh, that band Civil Conflict yep played that night as well. And it was a whole, it was like an anti-gentrification mm-hmm. rally kind of thing. And, yeah. and uh, you know, let's help out the Oxnard pack. And it was, it was, the crowd was awesome. There was like, there was like a dance crowd. There was a punk crowd. Yeah. There was a gay crowd. And then when Civil Conflict was playing, everybody was in the pit. Yeah. Every, every type of person was in the pit. Moms, yeah. grandma was in the pit. Yeah. So that was beautiful. It was awesome. That's so cool. And then when Cola Boy's playing, everyone's dancing. Yeah, yeah. There was just dancing. I saw the video. I, I wish. He's coming down to San Diego, I want to say next month. I'll go see him. Yeah, right on. Yeah. yeah. So he's awesome. He is. Yeah. I bought the record. I, I had to order it from Europe because it's like only press. Oh, that's right. It's, it's only press in Spain. Yeah, it could be France. I think it's France. I think he goes to France like once a year. Oh, so cool. But I'm like, fuck, dude. You got to wait for this to come in the mail. <laughs> like, I want it right now. You know, but uh, so you do that tour with Scott Rudinsky and that was fun. Do you, yeah. Do you remember any standout shows? Not really. I remember we played a bunch of colleges. Okay. Oh, excuse me. You're good. Which was a little strange because punk rock still wasn't, you know, a normal or an accepted form of entertainment. And that's, that's Eddie starting to book. Because Tony said that he booked that tour, I right? Believe. Okay, so he he got a bunch. So that's of co- his start. That was good. He did. I mean, getting the college colleges was good, but I do remember being on a lot of different college campuses and yeah. you know walking around and going, "Oh, so this is what college is like." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the tour ends dramatically. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we were going really well and uh, played in Pittsburgh. A great show at the Electric Banana, and. Um, Afterwards, it was the first night no one stayed in the in the car. Yeah, crucial error. Crucial error. Oh yeah. my god, party foul. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, the the it was actually we had a rented station wagon okay. in a U-Haul trailer. 
and it got got stolen. All our stuff, all our clothes. I think we had our money though, but we didn't have any of our merch, no instruments, just the clothes on our back. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> no, it's gotta be. I can't imagine. And then I heard, uh, I heard like a, a, we got back from tour, and about a month later, someone wrote us a letter. Goes, yeah, all the homeless people are wearing Illinois Pete shirts in, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you don't try to carry on with the Scared Straight gear and stuff. Well, no, that was their gear, too. Oh, everything yeah, was together every, in the we were all, Yeah, it was, um, everything was in the trailer. That was all of our stuff. Yeah. And well, we only had one drum set because... Sure. Yeah, if you're sharing. But, yeah, so we... And then we, we had... I think we were going to Washington, D.C. was the next stop. So there was some band that we had about four or five shows with. Yeah. That they were going to let us use their equipment. Mm-hmm. And... It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't up to par. I mean, even that. Yeah. Not that we really need up. We use a folders can, but it was just kind of. We were kind of. It wasn't. It was just. It would be more embarrassing than anything. I think. Yeah. At that point. So we just said, ah, let's go home and regroup and and see what happens. Did you ever go again? On, on tour in the eighties? Yeah, like out further than Arizona. No, or, no. Yeah, that was your for the the attempt at a that was the attempt, right? Until all the way until Big Rusty Balls, right? Okay. Um, so the years I get confused on for most of Nard is like the 86 to 1990. Like what's going on? Like you're asking me? Yeah. You're around. (laughs) Huh? You're around. So, okay. So the Oxnard community center starts doing shows 84, 85, something like that. And so now there's a scene in Oxnard. Right. And you can go to shows here and so forth. You'll repeat everyone's LPs. Uh, I think the aggression LP comes out in 83. They but, were first, right? But Stalag, Dr. No, and you guys, your LPs all come out in 84. So everyone's firing. The scene's on fire. The The community center shows are drawing how many kids, you think? Uh, I'm not, I couldn't tell you. But it, over 200. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that lasts for how long? Let's say that, let's say that only the four of the big four Oscar bands play. Like, is there a fall off in 85? Is it just as strong as 84? Or, like, when does it start to... Probably more towards 86. Okay, and is that because bands start changing, or there's, like... I think bands start changing, but I think the bands are changing just because, you know, the... I'm not sure why bands change, exactly. Well, everyone's getting burnt out, kind of, right? Yeah, like, okay, you know, yeah, because the punk rock thing was getting real violent around that time, too, and it was just kind of like a bummer to... In 86, it started to be a bummer, anything? Right, I think 86 started to be a bummer, and 87 was really a bummer. Is that when Fenders is, like, firing? Right. Okay. And so we were just, you know, we felt like we were just the background music for punk rock fights. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and phew, it's no fun. <laughs> no, 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 so... That starts getting to you, and then you go on hiatus in 87? Something like that. Okay. We just kind of took a break. I think John John went to uh, uh, the Guitar Institute, and, you know, we were all kind of getting on with our lives a little bit. Yeah, and Tony and, Tony and Carl both have kids. They have kids. So, you know, in the band, <clears throat> excuse me, like I was saying, too, we never really got into the band. We never had a plan sure. for the band. You know, pretty much the, our plan was just... That's us four. This is our band, us four, no matter what. Yeah. So, you know, so a lot of times if someone couldn't do something, then, okay, we won't, you know, we'll, we'll not do this project because, you know, someone can't make it or whatever it is. Sure. So, um, but yeah, 87, it was just kind of, you know, punk rock was kind of falling off a little bit. It seemed like, to me, the crowds and... and and you guys didn't want to turn into a speed metal band. We couldn't turn into a speed metal band. I mean, didn't want to turn into a speed metal band. So yeah, no, we didn't want to do that. But we, you know, we got we we came up with some really poppy stuff. I don't know if you heard some of that. Uh, I got everything. Okay, you got the stuff that's not released and everything. I do not have the songs that didn't make transition. So Carl has other stuff supposedly. Okay, do you have like um, the stuff we did before, like ninety? Carl's going to give it to me. The demos for Big Rusty Balls? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that. But there's good... And there's, and there's some stuff before that, too, I think, that... There, okay. It's it's not... It's not... Do you think he archived everything? It's Carl's the archiver yeah, yeah, of the band. Um, I think I have it somewhere, too. It's not... It's, it's, well, track it down, Jim. Right. Hold on. I got to go to Discogs real quick, because I want to get the song right. Um, 
we're going to talk about doing transition. So you guys, John goes away, comes back. You guys start jamming again. You're just having fun. You go in and record songs. What what was your outlook of what you were going to get out of recording that became transition? Did you think that you were just demoing stuff, or do you think I, you were doing a record? No, I didn't think we were doing a record. Okay. I didn't think we were doing a record. And... You know, part of so I remember going down there and we messing around in the studio. They, you know, they they put a lot of time in on us, I guess. You know what I mean? A lot of studio time. Because so. this is a new Mystic studio that's new down me- in Carlsbad or, or Oceanside, Oceanside, somewhere yeah. somewhere down there. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it was you know we were having it was it was cool. We'd, we'd stay down with Philco and uh, we play some shows down there sometimes. But it was it. See, then what happened was after we got into doing, we recorded a bunch of stuff, just messing around. Then we kind of dropped the ball and and laid low and kind of fell. Because they thought you were demoing there, but you're going to come back and do a record. Something but You never like came that. back and did a record. Never so they're like, well, fuck it. Exactly. Then we just took your record. Exactly. This is <laughs> your record you. now. Yeah. So Okay, so that song, Burning... Is awesome. Oh, thanks. That's, that's Tony's a, song. I love that song. We got some good stuff, man. Dude, that's a good song. And I love Tony singing. I mean, obviously, John is the classic of repute. When you guys are like a, a fast hardcore band, it's got to be John. But we'll, we'll get Tony's into it. Tony's got some emotion. We'll get, we'll get into Bleed and how much I love it. Okay. So, but, uh, so Transition comes out, and then you guys do a reunion show in Los Angeles in 89. And this is your shining moment, right? You My love, you, yeah, you love when people throw clothes at you. <laughs> What yeah. do you remember about this show? I remember um, people throwing clothes at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. Okay, so we, we, we hadn't played in a while. We were coming back. And we had some new stuff. Yeah. You know, which that's, we learned you never, we're not allowed to have new stuff, apparently. Well, you got, you got to mix it in. Yeah, so it was, the mix it's was a, coming. It's an art. Right. We, we, well, we didn't, we didn't learn that art. So and I'm not sure exactly who the, the perpetrators were, but it's, it seemed to me that we were in a, in a neighborhood and there was neighborhood people there, mm-hmm. it seemed to me, that were fucking with us. Okay. And they kept throwing shit. And, uh, and I just, you know, I, I was real angry back then. And um, I just said, okay, next time someone throws something, he's going to get punched. Yeah. And someone threw something, and he got punched. And then, uh, yeah, it was. I feel so bad though, because Tony got jacked up. Yeah, Tony took a full can to the face. Yeah, so. he had like a big old. I think he's probably still got a scar there. But so you know, I don't know. I don't. I, 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 but that's what happened. But I don't know who they were. I don't know if yeah. they were like punkers or a neighborhood. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who they were, but anyway, that wasn't, that was. Yeah, so you get some of my Carl follow up. That was Operation just, Ivy on that show, too. Yeah, he was saying Operation Ivy and there was an offspring. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a lineup, huh? God damn. Yeah, so uh, Carl was saying that it's kind of like Riety. You guys get out of there. You can't find Tony. You go regroup like in a bar. I don't and, remember. Okay, I, I need to follow up and ask him because. It was like, how long do you wait for Tony to show up before you just go back to Oxnard and hope he makes it back? But he, the, the proper amount of time. <laughs> yeah, at least 45 <laughs> minutes, dude. Yeah. There was no cell phones and shit back then. What I are you know. supposed to do? Well, that's the thing. Is like, how could you even know where you were? You don't. I know. That's yeah. so insane. Um, but yeah, he was in ER because he got yeah, his lip split real yeah, bad. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. So after that show, do you just take another couple years off? That was 89, huh? 89. So... You guys come back, and before um, Big Rusty Balls comes out, yes. you actually have, like, a pretty successful local run. You're right. doing, like, the Ventura clubs and stuff. L.A., playing Eugene's LA. a lot, Pico Rivera. Okay. We were playing a lot. And you're yeah. doing well out there? We're doing well everywhere, yeah. Okay. We were doing well. The early 90s, things seemed to uh, rejuvenate or restart up again. A bit. Was there a break after this uh, Ill Repute Comeback show, that 89 one? Did you take any time off, or...? Or was it just you kept going after that and things I got better? I, 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 we did take a break. Okay. I think we took a break for a year or year. I think so. And then 91? Probably 90, 91-ish. 90, yeah, something like that. Come back was, and things just start going well. You curate a better set list to please the fans? Yeah, well, <laughs> we just played our old songs. But, yeah, so when we, we started, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that show. That was really weird. I still don't but you're, quite understand okay, that. But you, so you, you start playing more old songs, but you, are you also, like, 
We got all kinds of new stuff. You're peppering in big rusty ball stuff. Some big rusty ball stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. And can we talk about that? Like this mm-hmm. is, um, because you're playing like the Ventura clubs and drawing three, four hundred kids. Decent. Yeah, I'm having good shows. I mean, that's insane. For like right before punk break breaking. Right. Just right. before Green Day. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's that's just pretty impressive. And I think, let's see. So the process of big rusty balls, you go and you demo for it first. We we made a demo, and I think we were shopping that around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we played Gilman around this time. Okay, and we were up there, and um, Fat Mike was there. Mm-hmm. He's all, "Hey, you guys!" He goes, "Man, I really want to, I really want you for my label." He's all, "But I just have to totally change your sound." And so he goes, nah, I don't want to do that to you guys. So, you know, it's probably better if, if, uh, if you just guys go do your own thing or whatever. Yeah. So then that's when we did uh, Doctor Strange. Yep. He came along and, and picked us up. And we recorded Big Rusty Balls. That mm-hmm. was, I like that record. I like it too. Yeah. But I like the next one more. I like the next one more. Bleed is, I love it. I like it too. It's, it's you know you're younger, so it's more your yeah. Well, I w- I wish Bleed could have gone gone on fat. That would have killed it. Right, right. You know it would have. But see, you know Bleed shouldn't have been an ill repeat record. Sure, it should have been sure whatever else. But oh, well, it just it hashes back to burning, right? A little bit. Okay, yeah, that's what it's like. That's it's just a, Tony singing. Yeah, you know, um, and he had the best song on transition, and then he sang in, on bleed. What's the best song on transition? It's burning. burning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, but after Big Rusty Balls, you guys tour, but this is without John. So you have the. What's your take on the John thing? What is this like? Let's see how many times Jim's been a dick with the repeat. No. Day? Huh? No. Okay. Well. Jim was a dick again on this one too. I think. Do you think this was you? Yeah. You were. I don't because no one's no one singled you out. They're too nice to say. No one singled you out, Jim. I'm singling myself. Okay. It was mostly me. I'm probably you know because I was I had a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Just you know, and I just remember that it was frustrating trying to you know we want to go on tour we want to do this and then some people okay well maybe but or. It just, and it, I don't know, just came to a head at one point. I can understand both sides. I mean, on one side, it's like you just put out your first decent LP in nine years. Right. So it's time to go, right. you know? But on the other side, you guys have always taken long breaks, and it's been okay. You know? It's just yes. bad timing. And if all he wanted was a month, that's, you know. Well, I, I don't even know what, I can't remember exactly if it was a month or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I was just, I was very un... Uh, yeah, I wasn't cooperative. Yeah, so, but in your head, you would have had him leave and then keep going and have Tony switch to singing and playing guitar and get another guitarist. How did you envision the band without John? I didn't. You were just like, fuck it, break it up. Well, I don't remember exactly what. I wanted to still go, but just it seemed to me at that point, though, John was... was uh, Drifting away a little bit as well, though, and you could kind of tell because of the record. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many songs is John singing on on that record? Sure, you know, I'm only half now, and <clears throat> I think a lot of that, a lot of that was, you know, John was a much better musician when he came back from guitar school. So I think he had a lot of that inside him that he wanted to get out, and the thing is, you know, Ill Repute was the only vehicle that any of us had sure. to do whatever it is we wanted to do. So, you know, I want to do this. John wants to do that. Tony wants to do that. And so, you know, I think what happened around that time is John wanted to write his own songs, mm-hmm. which, you know, I totally understand it. But Tony at the time was a better songwriter. Mm-hmm. And most of the songs were Tony writing. And then somehow it came to, okay, well, why don't you, I can't really sing this one, Tony. Why don't you sing this one? Yeah. And then it just turned into, okay, Tony, you just sing all the songs that you write, and I'll sing the songs that I write, which was a mistake. You know, I mean, but we didn't, we weren't looking at it as a, as a I don't know, we, we didn't look at the big picture or anything like that. We were just like. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, it's hard to say it was a mistake. It was interesting. Well, I think it was a mistake. Yeah. Because you, how, how many bands switch singers in the middle of a, you know, a run and 
It's not, you know, it's not the thing to do, really. Yeah, but what if you started something? That huh? could have been the start of everyone doing it. <laughs> you never know. I mean, yeah. like, you don't, you don't know if it's a weird, I mean, it's a weird decision, but you don't know if it's a bad decision. You know, just because other it's people haven't done it. It's a bad decision, kids. Well, don't in, do it. in hindsight, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, no, you're at looking the time, at it long... you could feel it. You could feel it. Okay. I'm just, I, 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 I sensed a little something. John not being satisfied, yeah, maybe is probably what it was, and it's you know, which you can understand, and but yeah, I think I felt that, and then he 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 uh, he was went to Europe to surf or something like that, mm-hmm. and then we had our tour plan. He was going to be back, and we had some opportunity in Oregon. And he needed to come back a week earlier. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't. So that was... So, that was your breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. So you do a full U.S. though without him. Yeah. Okay. And you go all the way? Mm-hmm. Like how long? Like a month-long tour? Uh, two, two broken up about, I think, two weeks and three weeks. Okay. Something like that. Oh, that's right. You do half and half. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? You have fun? Yeah. It was. It wasn't a good time for punk rock, though. Okay. You know, around the country. Yeah. And you know, and we were. How many years later was it? Since when? Since the last record. Nine. Nine years. So well, since what happens next? So you know, so nine years, people didn't really know who we were. Yeah. A lot of places. Yeah. You know, and if it was, they were like, "Was that the same one? That the same band? That, right? Because it looks different. Right. Right. Yeah. So and it was you know and we'd be. I mean, some show we had some good shows. Don't get me wrong. We played Rancid in Colorado, mm-hmm. which was that was a great show. We had some really good shows, but then we had some you know clunkers along the way too. But uh, it was fun. Yeah. Do you? And then do you break up after that? You just do a couple tours and yeah. after the big rusty balls. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Okay. And then how does it start getting back together? The the Lipkey era, like the bleed. Who's the catalyst for it? Joe. Okay. Leap Key. Okay. So basically that boiled down to... Because he get, he comes back. He does like the... I'm just going to say how the, I feel. And it might not be right. Okay. And, and Well, let me, let me set up who okay. he is. So Joey Lipke plays drums on the Stalag 13 demo. Right. And he came in the 90s. He started doing Edge Records. And I don't remember the chronology of it, but it's... He gets Stalag back together, and Stalag is him and Blake, I think, are the only original guys in that. He puts out the No Motive CD, and he comes to get your repute back together. All right, now you can say whatever you want. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? I forget. Oh, well, I was asking who was the oh, catalyst so Joe, to get so Joe, I think Joe, you know, I think Joe, I don't want to really say. But Joe got everything back together. Yeah, you don't have to say anything bad. Yeah. It's, so Joe was a catalyst, like, let's do a repute. I'll play drums. Right. Okay. And Carl's just not in the question at this Carl point. Carl is done. Okay. He's pretty much did He wanted to be out of it. Yeah. Okay. And then how do you find Nishaya? Joe. Okay, so Nishaya was pretty Joe's, much Joe's project. Okay. It should have been, you know, it's pretty much Joe's project. Okay. But he gets you and Tony. And you put the name Ill Repute on it. And right. then, but. Which we agreed to. I mean, we didn't say, you know, that was all part of the. We said, okay. And Tony writes the most of the songs still, right? And I did too. Okay. You know, but I think I, I'm not as many as before, but I would write some music and Tony would write lyrics to yeah. some of my music. And most of the rest of them were all Tony. But, uh, you know, it shouldn't have been a Repute record. I don't know. I mean, it's you and Tony. And like you said, you you've never had like a vehicle to do your music outside of repute. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean that. Okay, it's better than transition. I and I think it's better than big. Yeah, I think I think we. Uh, oh, you do. Oh yeah. See, it's, see, I feel we like sold out. On no, no, no. Because no. well, look how you're, we sound. Well, you're, new do, school. You're, you're doing a. Oh, new- we got to sound like no effects. That's a joke. We got to sound like no effects. Come on, we got to sound like no effects because. No effects, no effects, no effects. They're it's, selling. We want to make money. No effects. So. Well, musically, it sounds a little bit like that, but it's like you can't with Tony's voice. It keeps it real. Right. You know? Like I used to talk about that with Max when we were doing the Somali Pirates band. I was like, 
man, I don't want to write too many pussy songs. And he's like, well, it can never be a pussy song with us singing on yeah. it because we sound <laughs> we sound like shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, how how much can you sell out with Tony's soulful ass fucking well, voice over the top of it? By going, yeah, this doesn't feel right, but I guess I'll just play it anyways, just because. Yeah. So if you feel that way, but I I I don't know. I think those songs are great. And they come off like super, super soulful, just because I love Tony's voice. So, hold on, let's let let's let one in. <laughs> it's gonna be Ryan, I think. Hey, we're recording, Ryan. What's up? Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. You good? Seeing you at the door when someone else shows up. Um. So, so not talk- a not a fan of Bleed then. Well, I mean, I like some of the songs and stuff. Do you like it now? I haven't listened to it. And see, for me, I don't know. Something happens with me with music too. Sometimes that it was a bad time when we were recording that record. I wasn't feeling it yeah. and stuff, you know. And so I listen to it now, and it makes me feel bad. Yeah. Oh, oh it, okay. It brings up the feelings yeah. of how you felt then. Yeah. So I a lot of that a lot of stuff I don't want to listen to. Yeah. Just because that, you know. Yeah, I can feel that. I mean it's a I think it's a very heartfelt record, so I think that's part of the reason why it gets you in the feels. Yeah, it probably you know? does. Yeah. yeah. It's really it's really good. It's really, really good. Um and then you quit. Yeah. Because they go on to a different iteration actually without Nashaya, without Libke, and without you. Yep. It's like the Joe Forrest is does Chuck come in? Who plays drums on that record? Or is Joey still in I it? I think Joey. Joey's still yeah. in it. Okay. So. And Chris you, McKee. Okay. And so you straight leave. Yeah. I just got out of there. I go, this is, this is not what I want to do. Okay. And that's just it. Yeah. And then you leave. Okay. And then you take a few years off and then your puke is back together for. Mark Hickey. The Hickey benefit. Right. Yeah. And how does that feel? Not good again, kind of. Because. Um, Somehow they were going to do it with Fred Dixon playing bass. Okay, and and I'm not sure how, but just all of a sudden on my email, I had I was on a, I got on an email chain with those guys talking about when they were going to practice and stuff. Uh huh. And I'm like, well, what about me? Can I can I play the bass for you guys? Yeah. But so so I, I you know I had to worm my way back in for that. And that was going good. We, we were practicing with Carl. Was, things were going, you know, we were having fun again and, and stuff like that. And then what, that show fell through or something. It kept, like, getting delayed. Kind uh, of. See, in the mean, that's when Carl had his, um, he, he changed his mind about wanting to play and stuff right around that time. And as that's well. when Chuck comes in. And then Chuck came in after that. Yeah. I think we still had another year maybe before Chuck even. I don't remember. Oh. But I don't, Who would have played after? I don't think we did. I don't think we had anybody for a little while. Okay. I think we didn't you play. Didn't play. I think we didn't play. Okay, if I recall. Yeah, and then do you remember getting Chuck in the band? Like, did he do a tryout? God, did Chuck get in the band? No, I think Chuck was just in the band. Yeah, so you just knew him because he's been around forever. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't really know Chuck. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know him. I had Tony knew him. Yeah, and then so when we got back, you know, probably what two thousand two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Sure. Was uh, we had Chuck. Tony had known him from Nardcore All Stars. Was Chuck in Nardcore All Stars? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. where he knew Chuck from. That's that's Ryan for dead. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, you get. Now, I mean, that brings us up to present. So, and now you guys just play like yeah. once in a while, but all old shit, and it feels good, and it's fun. And Having you guys are good. We are good. Yeah, Everything, everything's good, and you know, it's just cool that I can't believe we're still doing it. To tell you the truth, because. I just remember when I was uh, 20 years old, I didn't want to see a friggin' 35-year-old playing, you know. But now it's just a little different. Somehow the whole generations have kind of squeezed together. Well, and also the music never got better. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I don't know, what's better than what happens next? Right, no, I, I'm just talking about uh, punk rock in general as well. No, I know, but you're, you're, but you're talking about like seeing it and being like, oh, I don't want to watch like this old, this old man band. Right. Play or whatever, but yeah, well, not when they're singing those songs. I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It's like I want to see the originals play. Cool, I'm the happy to do it. Music, yeah, and, uh, I know you guys seem very sincere when you do it, and right. and we're we're very excited to have 
like, you know, Ill Repute is like the Oxnard band, I think. And you guys aren't embarrassing, you know. I would tell you if you guys were, you know. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. We're not no. embarrassing. No, it's great. Well, <laughs> you, you talk about not wanting to see like an old man band. Yeah, okay. And it's yeah, like, you, you see that shit. We, we would, yeah, we you would see know. People we bring, would know. You see well, people you bring it. out the carcass of the band, and here it is. Right. It's like, right. oh, it's kind of cool. I like to hear it, but you know, but you guys, the front three people are original we see, members. We should, like each get our own ill repute and have battling ill repute. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the other bands. <laughs> That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> you guys, are, you, what you got going now is pretty rad. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad we could do it. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe there'll be some surprises coming up in the next year or so, too. So we Yeah, we're, we're going to do a new narco company. You guys have to do at least a song for it. Cool. Who's yeah. we? Uh, oh, we're just... Just us, everybody. Yeah, the scene is going to put it together. Cool. We'll figure it out. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just... it's. In my opinion, it's the perfect time to do it. Because there's a lot of new bands right now. Yeah, I are... think that when the Nard, like the one that Tony did, like it was just kind of a bad time to do it. Although, a noble effort and the greatest layout. Oh, yeah. The greatest layout and packaging that I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty awesome. It's amazing. But right now is the time to do it because of the spread. If you think about like the youngest band that's kicking ass compared to the oldest band that's kicking ass. It's never going to be. It's never been like right, this before. Right. So it's like... And so that's what I'm saying too. Like the generations are, are squeezing together as yeah, far yeah. as that goes, you know. Totally. And I just think that you have these like special moments in time that don't last that long, especially in punk, where like the turnover is so big, right. or anything can happen. You know, like right. tomorrow you, there could be nowhere to play. Right. You know, um, or everyone breaks up. Ill repute and civil conflict break up, and yeah. we're like, well, what do we do with ourselves? <laughs> you know. So that's why now is the time to do it. And, we're going to figure some things out. A few of us got to put our heads together and, and our wallets or our credit cards. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, anything else you want to get into? Um, no, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been well represented? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you did great, Jim. He was Thank a good you. bowler. <laughs> Jim's that was a good, good bowler. Ryan. Yeah. Team of repute. What's up? All right. Cool. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.